0: So we're going to read from um, 1 John, chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. It says, Dear children, this is the last hour, and, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belong to us but you have an anointing from the holy one and all of you know the truth i do not write to you because you don't do not know the truth but because you do know it and because no one lies no lie comes from the truth who is the liar it is a man who denies that jesus is the christ such a man is the antichrist he denies the father and the son no one who denies the son has the father Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us even eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. For you are, for as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him, and now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. It's a very um, passionate part of the letter of John um, to this community. that has been seriously divided. There's people who have left this community that have split from and It's caused them pain and hurt and distress. Not only have the people separated from the community... But they have also denied that Jesus is the Christ, which means the anointed one. They deny that Jesus is the way to the Father. They deny that when you see Jesus, you see the Father. When you see Jesus, you see salvation. That through Jesus' death on the cross, that's how you get to the Father. And these people left because they believed in a different gospel, in a different truth. In a different reality. So that's quite hard, isn't it? Not only for people to leave your community, but to know that they're leaving with a lie. And they're going to tell other people a lie that is not true. And lead people into deception. That they become the Antichrist, that which is against Christ, because they teach a message which is opposite of who Jesus is. And that's just wrong, isn't it? Yet we all have the danger of being Antichrist, don't we? And our attitude and our life and the unity of our church and our purpose and our desire to serve God and His kingdom, His purpose. There's so many things we've become an antichrist, that which comes against the teaching of Christ when we put our own desires above that of God our Father and to do His will. When we put our own life before Christ, when we refuse to die for ourselves and live in Christ, when it refuses to let our life be a witness to who He is and who, to who Christ is, and that we keep our faith as a personal, private faith, that's a nonsense to John. Your faith can't be personal, it can't be private. Your faith is going to get you in the Colosseum. It's going to get you killed, it's going to get you by a lion, It's going to get you covered by tar. Confessing Jesus Christ as Lord means you're probably going to die. Such is the consequence. And the challenge is to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Lord, the Anointed One, in the midst of challenge and difficulty, in the midst of division, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of challenge. And how do the people stand in that moment? How, how else can you stand in that moment but by the power of God? That you know that something is the truth. That you know that something is witness to your spirit and your soul and your mind and your your desires. That you know this is true. You know this is reality. You know you have experienced and tasted and been part of something which you cannot deny. But you know is a truth. Not only a truth but as a philosophy, as a doctrine, as a belief, as a religion. But a truth of your life. And your reality, and your purpose, and your desire. And John's saying here stand firm. These people, they have left, they have left in a lie. But anyone. Who says that Christ, that Jesus is not the Christ, that Jesus is not the Son of God, that Jesus is not the Anointed One, that Jesus is not the way to the Father. They're a liar, and they've never known God, and they've never known the truth. Whoa, that's hard, isn't it? We don't like to hear that message, do we? But how many of us need to stand in church today and say, are you a liar? Does your life, does your mind, does your heart deny who Christ is? Or do you stand firm in knowing who He is and witness to Him? Do you stand in truth and belief in that truth beyond all other truth and reality that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ bought our salvation, that you live for His kingdom and His purpose? In the stuff that they received from God, through the Holy Spirit, which helps them to know that they have truth. John, at the beginning of the chapter in chapter one, verse one pleads with them and said, Look, we're not coming to you as people as with ignorance who are talking about someday we have never seen, touched, tasted, experienced. I have seen Jesus, I have touched him, I have seen him with my own eyes, I have seen his ministry, I have seen his witness, I have seen what he does. So I am coming telling you that I am coming with the truth of the power of the Holy Spirit which is witness to me, but also the truth of my own eyes and experience and hands that have touched the glory of God in flesh, the Word incarnate, the fullness of God in Jesus Christ who reveals our Father God. I've seen it, I've touched it, I've experienced it, I've loved it, and I'm living it, and I'm telling you the truth. And you know it's the truth because you receive something from God which witnesses to your spirit that tells you it is the truth. And he said that you have received an anointing from God. You are anointed. And this anointing witnesses to your spirit and says, this is truth. And because of this anointing, I cannot deny who Christ is. Because if I do, I make myself a liar. That these people, they were denying that Jesus was the Christ. Christ just means anointed. They were denying that Jesus had the fullness of God that within then. Jesus dwelled the fullness of God. He was the Word incarnate. He was God with us. He was the one who touched and did miracles and bring, brought healing, brought restoration, raised the dead, transformed lives, touched the prostitutes, sent people away to sin no more. He was anointed. He was anointed for a purpose and a reason. And you see, we get lost as Christians because we don't have anointing. When we become Christians, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's a reality. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And God seals us as his possession that we belong to him. And when we are baptized, we, we look at that spirituality and we say, like, I'm God's possession. I have died to myself and I live to, for God. And for his kingdom, his purpose. I live for him. My life is his now. I'm a slave for him. I'm marked by him. I belong to him. When people see me, they see who I belong to. Is that our life? Do people know who we belong to? We belong to him. We're his possession. We're sealed by Him. We belong to Him. He tells us we're loved, and He tells us in John 17, you know, that where eternal life is to know the Father and the Christ whom He sent on His behalf. That's eternal life. To know the Father. Can't say that enough eternal life is to know the Father eternal life is to know the if you want to have eternal life it's not going up in the cloud and playing a harp and having some wings it's to know the Father to know the Father is eternal life and if you know the Father now you're living eternal life you might have to go through the death even Jesus had to go through death <laughs> but because you know the Father you're going to have eternal life through what Christ has done for us that he has defeated sin and death So that we don't just have eternal life in the flesh now, but we'll have eternal life forever. It's not about you, eternal life. It's about the Father. That we're made for His possession, made for His glory, made to praise Him, made to rejoice in Him, made to honour Him, made to be in love with Him, and for Him to love us. When we go into his preaching next time, chapter 3, but it says... yeah i'm a child of god it says i'm a child of god and we know that we're a child of god and loved and so we have that and if some of if you're fortunate enough you might have a second blessing as john Wesley said you might be born again of the spirit you might not just be a religious person who's sealed and and believed it and received it and and, and loves god and loves god but actually you might receive this fullness this blessing of the pouring out the Holy Spirit, and you might be filled with the Holy Spirit, and brimming over with the Holy Spirit, that you can't help but love God, and live for Him, and desire Him, that every moment your mind is for Him, and you're possessed by Him, and that you love Him, and that your desire is to build His kingdom, and His will, and anyone you cry about, it and it's difficult, and it's hard, and it's it's horrible, and you say, God, why do I have to go through this? You say, because I love you, <laughs> and I have no other choice, I have no other desire, because it burns in my heart that you're born again in me, this spirit, this renewed life in me that I have to live for you, this message that you've given me, this this anointing that you've given me, this power that you've given me, I have to speak it out. I can't hold it in. I have to share it. I have to tell the world I'm in love with you. And it's exciting and it's frustrating and it's wonderful and it's madness and it's crazy and it's... If you bring mad people and good people and all this people and this thing and you just tell me, serve them, do my will, do my purpose, love. How many prophets wanted to run away from their anointing? (laughs) They all tried to run away from their anointing, isn't it? And that blessing takes us to that place where we're ready to be anointed. We're ready to have that Spirit of God not just within us and overflowing us, but as the prophets of the Old Testament had the Spirit of God upon us. And when the Spirit of God comes upon us, He comes upon us for a reason. And so therefore when you're anointed, it's like the Old Testament and the prophet would have came and Samuel would have came with oil and anointed you with oil. As a sign that you were set apart, that you were anointed for a task and a purpose for God, be it a prophet, a priest, a king. You were anointed for a purpose and a reason, a mandate. To do something for God, for a season, for a lifetime, for a purpose, for a reality. But if God puts something upon your life, and anointing, you have to do it. Well, it's to go and challenge Jezebel and the prophets of Baal. Well, it's to be Jeremiah putting stocks in the city and to preach about the destruction of, of Jerusalem and people throwing tomatoes at you and mocking you at the city as you give the word of God. Be it whoever you are, you know, be it it's Jesus Christ who came in his anointing. He said, I come to preach good news of Jesus' own words as he's rejected in Nazareth. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Did he do that? No. You're all asleep. Just shake your head if you can. i an just shake your head. So if you're listening to the podcast, the congregation's falling asleep at this moment. I'll just try to wake them up. I'll give them a few. I'll give them a few. It's impossible. Sorry. Right. That's so loud, I know. I talk too loud. And he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, physically and spiritually blind. I tell you, are better, be, better to be physically blind than spiritually blind because you're losing out on the life that God has got for you. To set the oppressed free, free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and goes, Hey, hey, I'm here. I'm anointed and I'm ready and I'm doing it. And I'm serving God's purpose. And whatever it takes, wherever I have to go, I've already kicked the devil up the backside. I've defeated him in the wilderness. I've fasted 40 days and nights. I've been rejected by a people. You're going to try and throw me off a cliff, but you won't do it and you won't kill me. And I'm walking on the Spirit of God because when that anointing's upon me, you cannot stop me until God says it's time to be stopped. Amen. And so he says to them, remember that anointing because it's that anointing that is upon your life that gives you a drive, a purpose, a vision, that you know that you have a truth and a reality to live, that you have a mission and a purpose, that you have to proclaim the gospel, that you have to speak the good news, that you have to serve the poor, that you need to feed the hungry, that you need to lift up the broken, that you need to stand beside those who are, who are tired of life. And need to know that there's fullness of life in God. And if they're going to give up their life, give it to God. He'll use it. He says, remember the anointing that you have upon you. As these people leave and they preach another gospel, another truth. Remember the anointing that is upon your life. Remember how it witnesses that this is true, that this is reality. Remember the anointing that's taking you to places that you thought you would never go to. The experiences that you would never have. To see people restored. To see people filled with joy and hope and love and peace. To see families restored. To see slaves set free. To see people who are so broken and bent over and depressed and down lifted up with joy because of that anointing upon your life. As you spoke to them, the Spirit of God witnessed into their very souls and gave you the words that you need to speak And to proclaim to them, remember that anointing that transforms. Remember that anointing that built this community in the first place. Remember that anointing that reminds you this belongs to God and is God's purpose and is God's will. And God will build it up. And you plant and you water and you reap, but God gives the growth. And you trust God in it and you know that you have received the truth. You know that you have received something that is life changing and transformative that you can never be the same again with. That you realize that God's made you a prophet, a preacher, an apostle, a leader, a preacher, a teacher, a helper, a pastor, an eco warrior. that God's put these things upon your life that they might be transformative. When you say to God, I, I give you my life because I want that anointing. I want to live in that, that truth and that certainty even though the world's falling around me and everything seems in chaos and it seems really hard. I want that anointing. I want to live for you. I want to see Transformation. I want to see people just walk through those doors of the church and come to Christ every week. Isn't that great, isn't it? Yeah, we don't need to go out anymore. Just come in. Keep coming. Keep coming. It's the anointing. Keep coming. We want more, God. Give us more. Just bring them in. Bring them into your kingdom. You do the work, God. You do the work. And when the anointing's there, you don't even have to do the work. God's already set them up for you because you're the anointed. <laughs> I've got anointed one there. I've got somebody here who needs Christ here. Ooh, match up. I've got somebody here is hurting. I've got a pastor here. Whoa, match up. And it happens because you're walking and living and you're anointing. And the people who are around you in the world who live in lies and darkness and deceit and are just trying to get through life, they see anointing. They see Christ which means anointing upon you. Anointing which comes from God. To see within you the fullness of God and the Holy Spirit living within you, revealed within you, walking with His Spirit and His presence. Till you're saturated, till everywhere you go you're dripping the Holy Spirit, you're dripping your anointing. You're dripping, you're pastoral, you're, you're prophetic, you're preaching, you hope all over the place. Everywhere I go, this year it says, You're preaching, Gary. Yeah, I'm a preacher. I can't help it. I went to Magnetta's house, I preached to her. <laughs> <laughs> At the kitchen table, I say, ah, "Let me tell my God, God's amazing, God's good." I say, "Stop preaching, stop preaching." No, no, I'm not going to stop. Sorry, Magnet I Hope you enjoyed the sermon. <laughs> it was love, lovely, food, amazing. Do, do recommend it. The, there was the peas and rice, with delicious, and the chicken was great. But um, highly recommend it. But it's the, you know, if you're prophetic, you can't help but be there. When somebody's there to speak those words, prophetic words, be it from scripture or words, to speak over somebody's life who needs to hear those words. If you're a teacher, you're there to guide somebody to God's word and teach them that in everything that we do as a body, using these gifts, using this anointing that Christ has given us, with one purpose, one goal, one glory, not divided. But with one purpose and one direction to be the body of Christ, to manifest Christ, to manifest His glory, to live for Him. That when people see us as a community, they see a people living for Christ and for His glory and for His love. They see a people of one mind Jesus, because they're all so crazy in love with Jesus. There's only one mind, in crazy love people in Jesus. So let's walk in that anointing. Let's embrace that anointing. Don't keep your faith as a a private individual thing. You can. You have to manifest Christ in you. The presence and fullness of God through you the anointing upon you, the spirit within you and where you go you should be pouring out who you are a child of God who is anointed and powered and powerful and strong and mighty to change kingdoms, to uproot the darkness, to build the kingdom of heaven on the gates of hell that's who we're there to be, we've got a lot of self-belief to get haven't we but do you want to go on that journey I do I want to walk in that anointing and that power that God has. And even in the midst of the hardship and when the anointing's challenged, I don't want to be like corporal mannering if anybody remembers him. Don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, let's not panic. Let's just let's just do it. Don't worry about it. Just trust in him and if you don't know what your anointing is ask somebody they'll soon tell you <laughs> and if they can't tell you get them to pray with you that god fills you with his holy spirit that anointing comes on you powerfully and that you're transformed and changed forever living for christ there is no greater thing you might have a job you might have a career you might have a family you might have other things But your life is Christ and your life is to live for Him. And that makes your job better. Makes your career better. Makes your family better. Makes everyone better. When your purpose and love is for Him. Amen.